Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's sermon podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Amen. I still want to have Gina on my alarm rather than wah, wah, wah. Anybody got that one? Okay, just me. You know you can change that. Okay, um, Merry Christmas. Hold on, this is Tippy. Are you excited? Like, we put our Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. I know, I know. Man, it was like, you know what, 2020? We're decorating early. It's going to look like Christmas vomited up in here. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm super excited to kick off our Christmas series today. Um, we're going to look at what it is for a God to be faithful. He's been faithful to you. Amen. Right. Like, and I know during this season, we ought to do it more often. I have, I have personally had this kind of thing of just being thankful, taking time to pull the car over, if you will, to God, say, God, thank you for that and that and that. Thank you that there is lots of estrogen in my house. Can I get an amen? <laughs> oh, I'm serious. I love, love my girls. Um, and my beautiful bride. But it's crazy up in there. Just saying. Um, but just to take a time to reflect. And, and today we're going to look at a life. A life that is going to proclaim Jesus. A life that is set apart to glorify and point to a living God who sent his son who's coming. Anybody got a promise up in here today? Sweet, five of you. Anybody got a promise? Something you're praying and believing God for. Amen? Something you know beyond a shadow of the doubt, the Lord said, I'm going to do this. And then you're like, right? I know you're faithful, but it needs to be on my dial. Because really, the promises of God are, are yes and amen, right? Amen. Lord, you said it. You are faithful. You're not a man that you should lie. You, you are not um, a God that takes joy in going, yeah, I'm going to do that. He, 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 and you don't. That's not who you are. God, you're full of patience and long-suffering. I, I like to say, I always tell my students, he's, 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 uh, he's slow to anger with stupid. Because that's me. It took me a really long time to figure that out. Lord, you love me so much that you are willing to send Jesus to die in my place. Amen? I think those things alone define faithful, wouldn't you say? I'm going to wash some cedar down. Okay, there we go. But sometimes promises, like I said, if they don't come when, they, when, when we think they should, or if it's not on our time scale, or I love the calendar, like I've got reminders set up in here for tomorrow and this week, and I will like be like, oh, wait a minute, Scott, that was not on my calendar, I cannot meet with you today. Um, I like it to happen that way, but guess what? Sometimes we, we, we're not on our own schedule, it's not about us, and it's not about the timing that we have, but anybody ever had... Uh, had a promise that was given, like the promise. And you're like, oh, sweet. And then someone broke it. All you wives are like, mm-hmm. He did. But, you know, you've all had a promise, and we've all had promises that have been broken. And in our text today, we're, we're looking at 
the birth of John the Baptist, and they're going to get a promise. Zechariah and Elizabeth are going to get a promise about their son to come. And if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read, read some verses out of that today. And what I love about this picture that you're going to see in there is Zechariah and Elizabeth just weren't some people. They were faithful, devoted followers of the Lord. They loved the Lord. They, they took their time to pray and to do, put themselves in the right place. And it wasn't just lip service or a checklist for them. It was, it was a genuine heart thing where they said, Lord, we just love you and we want to, we want to glorify you with our lives. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Everybody, anybody, that story sound familiar? A little bit late, but here it comes. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. I personally would have freaked out, okay? Fall, I would say I would have probably wet myself, but you know. Um, it's a scary thing when you're in there doing what you need to do, and all of a sudden the angel comes. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness until they're 16. Oh, that's not in there. I love you, carrots. And you want... <laughs> I'm going to get kicked off. Um, and you will have joy and gladness. Man, my kids bring me great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children to Israel, uh, of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them in the Spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Zechariah's like, no way. And he said, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day uh, that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. He immediately became mute. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they wonder, uh, wondering at this delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when the time of his service was ended, he went to his home. And Elizabeth was like, mm-hmm, why can't you talk? After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. Lord, I just pray that you come and visit us today. Holy Spirit, that you would inhabit our praises in these moments this morning that we have, that you would encourage us, 
that you would challenge us, that you would stir up thanksgiving and gratefulness and joy and peace and all that good stuff that you have for us, good, good Father, and that you would fire it up in us today, that this season would be different, God, and that we would proclaim your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got to contend for the promise though, right? Zechariah, I mean, can you imagine for nine months, no talking? And again, the women said, amen. Nine months. I can't even imagine. Just because he was like, Lord, that seems really far-fetched. I don't even know how you're going to do that. And he's like, yeah, and yep, watch me do it. Zip it. I'm going to do this because I'm a good God, and I promise this to you, and I'm going to perform on my promises. Amen? Doubts. Anybody have those in 2020? Currently ongoing today? Yeah. Will they follow us into 2021? Probably. Some of you are like, eh, 2020, no big deal. Liar. I mean, it's, it's been a challenging year, but it didn't change what God said he would do and who he would use to bring the gospel through, correct? He, he didn't say, oh, by the way, 2020 is so crazy, I, I just can't do the things I promised that I was going to do. He's like, no way, man. I'm flipping switches from heaven. I got this figured out. Just hold on. You're like, Lord, I need the microwave version, like, super quick, please. And he's like, no, I'm going to work it out. What about Thomas? Hey, Jesus, if I can stick my finger in the holes, then I'll believe you and trust you. Right? Anybody ever do that? Lord, I'm going to throw out a fleece. And... No, he's just going to be good anyways. But we all have doubts. Some of us might even say, Lord, I don't see you working in the middle of this. I cannot see the good stuff. Why are you doing it this way? Lord, my plan that I submitted to you was way better, right? I've outlined it in eight points, and it'll very quickly arrive at the promise because I really need it today. You laugh because you all know you do it. I do it too. Lord, it's been too long. Lord, my kid is too far away. Lord, why did that person have to go today? Lord, my marriage, I, I, don't even, I can't see it. And the Lord said, but I can. I see it. I hear your prayer. Just like Zechariah in the temple, I hear your prayer. I see what you're walking through, and I am with you. Sometimes we think God just flips out a promise, and then he walks away, and that's not it. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there I am with you. He's a close God, amen? Though you're wrestling and struggling, I am with you. Some of you are here today, you're wrestling and struggling with the reality of God. Because 2020 surely did not look like he existed. Your situation is too big and he cannot solve it. We worry. James says we're tossed to and fro like we're in the sea, right? Double-minded in all we do. I mean, really, in our humanity, we fail, right? Aren't you thankful that we have a Savior that knows how everything feels? That he came in flesh and dwelt among us. That's crazy all in itself. That he wanted to be with us so much that he would come. 
Zechariah's consequence was, hey, guess what? For nine months, you're going to have a lot of time to think on the good things that I'm about to do in your life. <laughs> Zechariah's like in his brain. Can you, trapped, I can't imagine being trapped in my brain. Save me, save me. <laughs> but he was going to bring him a son who was going to be faithful to do what he was called to do. Faith, our trust in a loving father crushes doubt. It crushes the lies of the enemy when we bring those things before him and say, no, that's not what my God says. My God says that he's with me. My God says that he's working on my behalf. My God says that even though that one is way far off and this thing is super duper broken, I'm in the middle of it and I can and want to and will restore it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on, we are sons and daughters of the king. That's it. That foundation is set and super firm, right? It's not like sand. Those are the kind of promises when you get them from a good, loving God, a good, good father, of which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. Gross. If you then are evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask him? That's Matthew chapter 7. If he's a good, good father, then is he good? I've got to ask yourself that. Is he good? Of course he's good. He's a good, good father. And he's supernatural. I love superheroes. I'm a nerd. If I could have adamantium claws, I would. Some of you will know what that means, and the rest of it, just let it go. <laughs> I mean, you know, growing up, comic books and like reading, I mean, I, supernatural stuff was really, really amazing. I mean, I even want to lasso a truth. I'll even, like, pull some Wonder Woman stuff. Like, I, want, I wanted to, like, be that. Like, I was like, oh, man, it was so cool if I want to fly. When I get to heaven, I'm going to fly. Because I think God's that good, and I'm going to fly. And I'm going to swim underwater like Aquaman and breathe. So, with Lance and my dad. Okay. Because we serve a supernatural God. Sometimes I think we, got the, we get the promise. We know, we know or we might think he's good. But then, like, how's that going to work out? Because he's supernatural. I mean, the birth of John, who would come and prepare a way for Jesus, was supernatural. He shouldn't have been born by human standards. But God said, I'm going to do this thing. It's a miracle. I mean, listen to these promises about John in verse 14 and 17 of our text today. You will have great joy and gladness. That sounds awesome. And many will rejoice at his birth. I mean, anybody, who's got kids in here? Who's got grandkids? When they were born, you were like, woo! You know? I remember every one of them. I mean, I, I've been blessed four times with four beautiful girls, man. And each and every, oh yeah, one's back there. Thank you for making me look it up here. Um, I mean, I was overjoyed weeping. I've cried so much today already. I'm sorry. I don't know what the end of this is going to look like, but just joy. Pure, there's nothing like that when your child comes out and you're like, man, you're amazing. 
God's saying that about each and every one of you here today. You're amazing. I've called you with purpose. I've created good things for you to do that only you can do. So go and walk in them. And I'm going to empower you with my Holy Spirit. I mean, we get the story in Kings of Elijah, 450 prophets of Baal running around, cutting themselves up, dumping, you know, trying to get their, uh, their offering consumed by fire. And they get tired because they're doing it in their own strength to some crazy, evil, demonic God who doesn't even exist, a demon. And Elijah's like, are you all done yet? Go ahead and pour a bunch of water on that. Pour so much water on it that it encircles the whole offering with water. And then I'm going to pray to the one true God who is a good God who always performs on his word. And, I, and then this is all going to get burned up with fire. Oh, man, I want to see that. I stood, on the, I stood in the place where it, it happened in Israel. And I, I thought, man, this is the place where this happened. This is the place where Elijah just said, Lord, I believe in you. I trust you. I know you are the only God. Now, will you consume this offering with fire? And out of fire, out of heaven, can you imagine a flame comes down and... And Elijah was like, thank you, Lord. I mean, crazy. But that's what God does. Did you know you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do everything that he's asked you to do? Did you know that every promise he's given to you is yes and amen? Lord, I believe you. Lord, thank you that you, you didn't leave us high and dry. When Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and go through our lives. Like, you're not of this world. You're my son and my daughter, and I chose you. I adopted you. I picked you. And I've called you to great things. By preaching this good news like John would do, preparing the way for the Lord, hearts will turn from sin and evil. People will say yes to a Messiah that's coming that they've never even met. Forgiveness of sins once and for all forever. Do you know that's your mission too? The Great Commission, Jesus says, look, all power, all authority, this Holy Spirit I'm going to send that lives in you is going to enable you to do all of those things that you have. That I have for you to do. Now go and do it. I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, God, you are a supernatural God. Rob is sitting back over here. He's a supernatural product of the healing power of a mighty God. Over 70 days in the hospital threatening a lung transplant, and there he sits today in the back of the sanctuary. I mean, that's amazing. We hear these stories. I was sitting with a friend this last week and we were just talking about how 2020 was crazy and he's like, but God is on the move and the church is growing and shared these stories about these crazy things going on in this church that they're connected with and lives are being radically changed in the midst of crazy. People still need Jesus. Amen? Here's the reality. I'm reading this week and I'm studying and... I'm looking at Ezekiel and I'm looking at chapter three and the Lord calls Ezekiel and he says, Ezekiel, just devour, love my word. Love this word. Like Pastor Scott preached a couple weeks ago, love this word. Devour it, eat it, know it. 
Let your hands run over its pages. Look to and fro. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate this word to you. And then when I tell you, speak it out. When I tell you, share the good news. And the challenge and the thing that I was just, I was challenged and I was, I'm just going to, I was slightly convicted this week. And uh, Ezekiel, the Lord tells him this, he says, and after you do that, go and speak it because otherwise they're not going to hear the good news and they'll die. And the blood will be on your hands, by the way. Man, I was wrecked in my car. Tanya, it's your fault. Um, I was wrecked in my car and I said, Lord, if we don't tell people about the gospel, if we don't continue to be the church, not just inside these four walls, but to be encouraged here and so excited about this good news and go and give it away, people will die forever. Eternity is a really, really long time to spend separate from Jesus. I was even reminded, and some of you will know, but Penn and Teller, the comedic group, well, Penn, Gillette, actually said this in an interview um, and Dan's got the clip if you want it, but said this in an interview, if this gospel is actually true, because he's not a believer, he said, if this is actually true, and that is really good news, if it is true, and you don't tell people, how much, how much would you hate them to not tell them? And this is a non-believer, you guys. I'm just, and I'm not saying this, I'm just telling you kind of my, my conviction and my, my uh, loving heart pokes this week from the Lord, because I was motivated all over again to go, God, I don't want anybody to die forever. That's horrible. That's horrible. I don't want anybody to perish. God, you came to seek and save the lost that no one would perish. Lord, help me. All the good stuff you've done, thanksgiving, goodness, my kids, my wife, the stuff and things, friends, family, this great church that we come to gather to every week. Lord, but if people die forever, then what are we doing? Don't get condemnation and weird on me, though, okay? Because that'll put you in a place of just going, oh, I'm horrible, I'm just going to sit. No, take the gospel that changed your life. Take the gospel that saved you. Take the gospel that, that when you prayed to a God, he touched, touched your family member. Take the, take the simple gospel that transformed your life and is still transforming it, I hope, and, and go out and tell somebody about it. Amen. This season is one of the most fruitful seasons statistically to share the gospel. This next three, four weeks, be looking, man, because I tell you what, God is going to give you opportunity. I will say this, the Lord will give you opportunity over the next so many days up leading up into Christmas. Hey, we got a, we got a candlelight service, invite somebody. You're gonna find someone broken in a pile in Walmart at your job, tell them about Jesus. If you're going to walk up and ask the question, you better be ready. Go say, Lord, please help me. Holy Spirit, in this moment, please give me what I need to love this person because, God, I, don't, I want him to be with you. I shared a story about my dad. He was the most like, ferocious evangelist on the face of the planet. I, I shared it a little while ago. If you got in a car with him to get a ride, you were going to get the gospel. I mean, that door shut and you'd be like, mm-hmm, here it comes. But my dad was motivated out of this passion for people to love God and then to give it away. And that's the whole story of John. John says, look, man, wait for it because it's coming. This guy that's going to come eventually, I'm not even fit to like untie his sandal. I'm not. I, I, he's way more better than me. But that didn't stop John from telling about Jesus, right? 
That didn't stop this crazy call on his life. But we got to wait for it, right? Because the promise is coming, but it's going to take a little bit. Do you want a microwave meal or filet mignon? That's a really bad question. I think filet mignon, personally, right? Do we want it quick or do we want God to work it out for his glory? Man, it is a real honor to be used by God. And I'm telling you, each and every believer in this place today, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are empowered to do great things for the sake of the kingdom of God. Jesus, Lord, whatever you want to do and however you want to do it, your will be done in me, not my own. I know, it seems really heavy. I, I wrestled with this all week and I'm like, Lord, this is not a happy joy, joy message for Christmas. But I think it's good because I think it's going to set up the church. It's gonna use the body as we even celebrated those that signed up in membership today. It's gonna to give us an opportunity to go, God, whatever you wanna do. It's super uncomfortable for, me, uncomfortable for me to share the gospel in public, but please make it comfortable, er, help me. Because, Lord, I don't, I don't want to. I want to be like John. Maybe not eating locusts, but. <laughs> Lord, I want to be so on point with the thing you've placed in my heart that I would share the gospel wherever I go and whatever I do, that I would not be quiet. My house is not quiet ever. We're passionate people, all of us. Be passionate for Jesus out there. Telling you this season, God wants to do something supernatural in you. He wants to change your view. He wants to not just remind you of the promises, but he also says, hey, look, share the gospel. While I'm working this thing out for you, talk about Jesus. While this thing's going on, lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. While this is going on, just go ahead and just tell them about the good thing that God did, how he healed you, how he changed you. Because we serve a God of compassion and who heaps favor on our lives, amen? As we're just obedient and faithful to him, he's faithful back. Again, he doesn't lie. He performs on his word. John preached this message and said, hey, there's this Messiah that's coming. I'm gonna keep preaching the good news because he's coming to set the captives free, amen? He's coming to heal some bodies. He's coming to transform some relationships because he is in the restoration business. Jesus' blood will be poured out on the cross and mercy will be given to each one of us. And then this grace of God continues to pour out compassion and favor and love and joy. Anybody wrestle? Wrestling right now, huh? Me too. Jesus knows we wrestle and he's fine with that. But at the end of the day, will we trust a faithful God who works all things for our good as we seek him? Romans eight twenty eight. Will we be that? Seek me is what the Lord is saying today. Love me. Talk about my son and watch what I do. I mean, we've been, I've had this ongoing text thread all week long that I've been getting encouragement for about a situation and God is meeting that need in prayer over and over and over again because he's faithful. He's faithful to the end. Even when we quit, he's faithful, right? Like, man, I gave up three weeks ago and the Lord keeps talking about it. Good, let him remind you, Holy Spirit, remind me. Oh yeah, that thing you said you were gonna do, I know you're gonna do it. Because we have victory in Jesus. Amen? John knew that. There's victory in Jesus, he's coming.
Thought about this this week. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. Come on. Forever he sought me and bought me with what? With his redeeming blood. I know I can't sing. It's fine. He loved me or I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me in victory beneath the cleansing flood. Woo. I have embarrassed my family thoroughly. Good job. We, we have victory, man. I'm telling you, get excited. There's victory in Jesus. Even when it looks like a pile of rubbish, you're like, I don't know how you're going to do that, but I got victory. I'm healed. You saved my life. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation. Salvation. I remember at 25 responding to an altar call because I had to get up out of my seat. Like something had to physically change for me. The, tra the trajectory of me just sitting there in my seat, I just couldn't do it. I had to get to a place to where I was like, here I am. If you can still do something with this heap, then here it is, because it looks pretty hopeless to me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen? How many of you have been brought, brought near by the blood of Jesus? Saved, transformed. For he himself is our peace and who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He took all the, all the barricades and all the stuff and wrapped it up and said, yep, three-pointer. Yeah, that's Jesus. Here he came. He, he removed it all. Now come have a relationship with me. Come sit with me. I mean, the blood of Jesus bought salvation for the world. That's what John was saying. Come, this guy's going to change your life forever. Right? Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He's faithful, period. You can hang your hat on that. Amen? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I want to I wanna say this. Let's just, let's just bow our heads. We're going to go old school today. If you are here today and you do not have relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you came, maybe you're watching online and you're like, I, that stuff sounds good, but I don't even know Jesus. So all those promises that are yes and amen, I can't even claim those. I'm not even in relationship and my life looks crazy right now. Maybe you're here. Maybe you've been walking in doubt. And you just need to say, Lord, I repent of walking in fear and doubt. Will you change my heart? But specifically today, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know the one that John went and prepared the way for, would you just slip up your hand? You want to know Jesus. Your eternity, for sure, lock, stock, and barrel set. Would you just slip up your hand today if that's you? Amen. I see your hand. Thank you for your boldness. Come on, anybody. Jesus, come and change me. I want to be owned by you and nothing else in my life. Amen, I see your hand. God loves you. I see your hand, man, thank you. God has a plan for you. Promises he wants to heap out on your life. So everyone that raised your hand and everybody that didn't, come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart change my life. I need you. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for your love for me. 
change me and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. If you prayed that, prayer, prayed that prayer and you raised your hand today, please find one of us after service. Find a leader. Maybe you know somebody that invited you. If not, go right out here and hang or right meet us at the welcome wall because we want to celebrate with you today. Today is a new day. It was what John was talking about when Jesus was coming, proclaiming the name of the Lord, paving a way, removing stumbling blocks so that people could come into relationship with him. He was faithful. So be faithful to come. We want to celebrate with you. We'll put a Bible in your hand. We'll pray with you. Come on, stand. We're going to worship together one last time here as we close out the service. God, hey, I want you to say this with me. God is faithful. Repeat that to yourself over and over today. He's absolutely faithful. He's going to perform. Whatever you're believing God for, continue to seek him on it. He's a good, good God. So Lord, we come before you. Lord, as we get ready to worship you, will you come and meet us in this place? I thank you for saving lives today. You said all of heaven rejoices when one says yes. So Lord, I thank you today. People said yes to you and their lives are forever changed in the presence of a good, loving God. So Lord, as we worship you, would you peel fear and would you peel doubt and would you point to your faithfulness over and over and again for each one that's in this place, would you remind them, God, that you are faithful to the end so much so that you would send your son that his life would end and he would pay for our sins and our separation with your blood and that he would redeem us and bring us into right relationship with you. So Lord, as we worship you, come and encourage us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more full sermons and service replays, visit our media page at hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless you and have a great week.